Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Money in the market on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money in the Market. I'm Imad Akhtar. The U.S. Fed's decision to keep interest rates steady at its June 13th and 14th meeting between 5 and 5.25% bucked the trend of 10 straight prior raises. While the move gave investors a little breathing room, there was much anticipation in the lead-up to Fed Chair Jerome Powell's two-day testimony before Congress this week on the state of U.S. monetary policy. Overnight, the Fed chair testified in the first of those two days before the House Financial Services Committee striking a fairly hawkish tone. So how can we interpret Powell's comments on interest rates, inflation, banking and employment, and how have global markets reacted to those statements? Well, joining me on the line to dissect this further is Selena Ling, Chief Economist at OCBC Bank. Selena, welcome to the show. Thank you. Global stock indexes fell on Tuesday as investors weighed the U.S. interest rate outlook ahead of the Fed Reserve Chair Jerome Powell's congressional testimony. After day one, he pretty much affirmed that more interest rate increases are likely ahead. How did markets react to that? Well, I think markets were anticipating that Powell would continue to sound hawkish after Mm. the last OMC tone. Mm. So if you look at market reactions, the S&P was down 0.5% overnight. Um, U.S. Treasury yields, especially on the front end, the two-year was up three basis points. Mm. Uh, the 10-year was little changed, but what was interesting was that the 210 yield curve inversion actually extended to 100 basis points, which is something that we have not seen since March. Mm. But generally, uh, there were not too many surprises. Uh, it, you know, Markets did react as expected to his hawkish tone. Mm-hmm. The market's fear gauge, known as the CBOE Volatility Index, or VIX, was strangely placid, dropping to the lowest since January 2020. Was that surprising to you? Well, I think to a large extent, uh, it is strange, as you highlighted. But mm-hmm. as a general rule, um, you know, if the VIX is below 20, it indicates relative stability. So the current reading, you know, around 13 level, um, suggests that either markets are really not too worried that the Fed will actually carry out one or two rate hikes to come, or you may even argue there is a bit of a complacency in the markets. So either they are calling the Fed's bluff, or they're just simply complacent. Mm-hmm. Now, the dollar index also inched up on Tuesday ahead of the testimony. How is it faring now? Well, the dollar index has eased uh, following Powell's testimony to the House Financial Services Panel. Mm. As I indicated earlier, he largely stuck to his script. There was no additional hawkish surprise. So for the Fed, actually, uh, hawkish repricing remains quite a big risk. And if that happens, of course, the dollar can go higher. But it is also important to note that, you know, the Fed is now not the only hawk in the room. Mm. Bank of England, for instance, uh, will make this policy decision today. And while the 25 basis point is already uh, priced in for the hike, there is a small risk, you know, they may do more. And even the European Central Bank also indicates that they will hike in July. Mm. So I think net, um, we still expect that the dollar profile from here should be moderate to soft. Mm-hmm. Now, during his testimony, Powell said that if the U.S. maintains five things, it can continue to be the world's reserve currency. Those five things he mentioned were liquid capital markets, rule of law, strong democratic institutions, price stability over the years, and critically, an open capital account where people can take money in and out of the country easily without legal restrictions. Could you explain uh, some of these factors? Well, these are quite important factors, basically, to have a reserve currency. The idea of a reserve currency is something that you can transact in, Mm. something that has a bit of a safe haven quality to it, and in times of crisis, you can rely on it. 
So actually, if you look at the dollar, it's been the world's reserve currency for many, many years. And actually, there are very few competitors at this juncture. So at one stage, you know, people were looking at the euro, um, but given the current problems and the Russian-Ukraine war, so mm. that looks a little bit out of the reach for now. The other contender could be the Chinese renminbi. Mm. But if you look at what's happening recently, I think the Chinese reopening pace has started to decelerate and people are disappointed. And the renminbi is actually under pressure. So although you know China may be the factory of the world, but if you look at the renminbi's share of uh, payments and uh, transactions, it's actually still very low. So actually, I think the dollar safe haven type of uh, reserve currency status is not going to be challenged anytime soon. Mm. Now, on the matter of uh, inflation, which has been doing the rounds a lot lately, Powell mentioned that he's very focused, or, or the Fed rather, is very focused on getting back to 2%. But having said that, we're very far from our inflation target of 2%. Is this a concern for investors worldwide? I think it will be of concern because prior to this, um, you know, just three months ago, the futures market was pricing in that the Fed would be cutting rates about now. But now that has been pushed out. Um, in fact, the Fed is telegraphing another 225 basis point hikes to go. So for investors that were basically expecting rates to have peaked, now they may actually have to grapple with the prospect that rates may have a little bit more upside room to go. Mm. So that could be a challenge for businesses, but also for, you know, even the men on the street, if they have mortgages to service, mainly because if you look at the overall macroeconomic environment, growth is slowing, uh, order books are a little bit weak, especially for manufacturers and electronics. So we are basically seeing all these headwinds going into a slowing growth environment. Mm -hmm. Now, there were plenty of questions from Republicans about forthcoming regulations on banks. Uh, this after the failure of three regional institutions back in March. Though it appears the Fed isn't considering uh, tougher regulations on small banks. Powell, in fact, said that any increase in the capital for the large banks will need to be justified and that he doesn't know there will be much of a capital increase proposed for banks other than the very large ones, but we'll have to see. Uh, what do you make of these remarks overall? Well, I think we have to differentiate between the large and the smaller regional banks, which were really the one that ran into trouble, you know, like SVV, for instance. Mm. So we do expect that you know, policy uh, makers and regulators are not going to have knee-jerk reactions to some of these events. Um, credit tightening is already likely underway, as uh, what the senior loan official survey suggests. So if they are hiking rates and they are tightening uh, credit standards at the same time, uh, it could come across as fairly heavy-handed and actually could you know, uh, spark a little bit more panic on the market front. Mm. So I think they have to basically strike a balance uh, you know, when it comes to regulations. Should Asian markets also be worried about the U.S. banking crisis? Is it likely to spread across the world? I think so far... The financial markets have taken a little bit uh, of a differentiated view. They mm. do think that there are key differences in the Asian uh, banking model when it comes to sources of funding and also in terms of exposure, uh, for instance, to either tech startups or you know, in terms of uh, where they are parking their deposits, for instance. Mm. So I think the risk, of course, of mark-to-market, uh, -market, uh, you know, when some of these uh, bond portfolios uh, that they hold is at risk when interest rates are rising. But I think generally we are near peak rates already. So we are quite close to the end of the tightening cycle. Mm. So when it comes to, you know, a very rapid type of uh, deposit withdrawals, I think uh, probably the banks can look at some of uh, some of the contingency plans on how to ensure that this doesn't happen. But I would say generally the Asian banking model is very, very different from what we've seen in the US regional bank situation.
Moving on, Powell said also that the Fed is in the unusual situation of overachieving on its employment mandate with the jobless rate running near multi-decade lows. What does he mean here by overachieving? Well, if you look at the projections by the Fed at the June FOMC, they are looking for the unemployment rate to average about 4.1% this year before mm. going up 4.5% for the next two years. But the unemployment rate, the last print that we have, is at 3.7%. So it's already way below what we would call a you know, fully employment, full employment market. Mm. So I, they are expecting that the labour market will soften a little bit in the, for the remainder of the year. But nevertheless, they probably have hit their you know, uh, employment target. The one that they are really concerned about right now is on the inflation front, which is why they're going to continue to be hawkish. Mm, mm. Now, I know most observers are anticipating potential rate hikes when the Fed officials convene next during their July 25th and 26th meeting. But do you think economic indicators over the next few weeks may influence that decision? Well, I think it is quite important to watch the data um, because Powell has indicated that the timing of the additional rate hikes is dependent on the economic data. And it's probably on the meeting by meeting decision rather than reset cost. So until the next FOMC meeting on the 25th and 26th of July, we have one more set of labor data, one more set of inflation data, and especially mm. called PCE data. So the hurdle for the Fed to tighten at the next meeting, I would say, is actually relatively higher. Because if this data suggests that the U.S. economy is softening faster than what uh, they anticipated, then it would be quite difficult, uh, you know, basically to continue to maintain this very hawkish bias. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, before I let you go, Jerome Powell will be appearing before the Senate Banking Committee tonight, Singapore time. What can we expect then? Well, I think he will actually stick to the script that he's been... uh saying, you know, to the House Financial Committee as well, he will keep to a hawkish uh, tone. He will probably indicate that the Fed wants to continue to hike to nip inflation down. Mm. I think the question, of course, is whether, you know, they will actually get there because the economic data incoming is actually relatively soft. Mm. And I think there's still some concerns about the regional banking crisis that may not have fully played out yet. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking to you, Selena. Thank you so much for your time and insights today. Thank you. I've been speaking with Selena Ling, Chief Economist at OCBC Bank. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store. That's a wrap for today's episode, but before I go, I've got something special to share with all of you. If you're into deep dives on thought-provoking topics and engaging conversations, do tune in to Chua Tien Tien's award-winning podcast, Under the Radar. It is a B2B segment focused on how a company assesses its business environment and how the firm finally performs financially. So please listen and follow our podcasts on the audio app, that's A-W-E-D-I-O, Spotify and Apple. Apple Podcasts. I'm Lin Li Fu, and you're listening to Money FM 89.3.